Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene Mini Episode. Hi. Hi. What stories we got today? Well, our top story, this happened a few days ago, but it got it was one of those stories that everybody sent us. Mm. They know us. Mm-hmm. This is from CNN. Papa John's <laughs> has come out with a new menu item. Mm. Now, we've talked about Papa John's on this show before. Many times. Many times. I think like a few years ago when, what was his name? John Schnatter? (laughs) I don't know. The former disgraced, now disgraced CEO. We should do a, um, like a fast food episode with scandals, like him and other like owners maybe. (laughs) It would be funny. Didn't we do, we did do a spokesperson scandal. Yeah. But maybe with like fast food people or restaurant people. Yeah. Okay, we can figure that out. So this is from CNN Business. Early in the pan... Okay, I don't need their whole like fucking preamble. Yeah, we don't need all the backstory. Oh my God, this is a very long backstory. There's Pizza Fatigue, Scott Rodriguez, SVP of Marketing, Menu Strategy, and Innovations at Papa John's. Because that's all we've had for the past couple of years. What? <laughs> I I think everyone's just always ate a lot of pizza. No. I don't, no one gets pizza fatigue no unless one. it's like us every once in a while. We're like, eh, I don't want pizza. But it's not because we've just had it maybe or something. Yeah, because we just had it But that some week. people who like pizza literally will eat it five times a week. Pizza is such a great option because there isn't anybody who dislikes it. Also, there are a lot of varieties if you wanted to switch it up, right? Yes. Yeah. To get people excited about pizza again, again, I think people are still excited Papa John's is offering a new spin on the classic with Papa Bowls that are all toppings, no crust. The Papa Bowl comes in three varieties, garden veggie, chicken Alfredo, and Italian meats trio. They're available to the company's loyalty members this week and will roll out nationally next and cost $7.99. At first, Papa John's thought the bowls might be well-received as a healthier alternative to pizza, but the company learned that people still want the indulgence of pizza, Rodriguez said. Papa John's hopes the new item will eliminate the veto vote when an eatery gets ruled out because it doesn't have enough options for everyone in the dining party. Who, who are these... Who are these people who just want to eat the pizza toppings? Um, guys, I'm trying to eat a little lighter. I just want a huge bowl of sauce toppings and uh, melted mozzarella cheese. <laughs> Hold the bread. Like just I, scrape all the pizza. Like I can't, that's my imagining of what a pizza it, bowl is. It, is it, it is. different? It's literally like a tray that you get and it's filled with pizza toppings. The cheese too. The cheese too. You want to see a picture? Yeah, I do. And it comes in like a little, this is... This is sick. Incredibly weird. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like maybe it's for like low keto people. It might be like a keto thing. They should just say they should we say have it's keto, a keto thing. It's a keto pizza. Also, they're trying to like rip off burrito bowls. 
Right. Like they're acting like they came up with a new thing. It's like, no, they already made burrito bowls, which to be honest can oftentimes just be just as bad. It's like, just eat the fucking tortilla and eat half of it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, well, yeah, depending on what if you, it's all the rice and beans and like whatever, Yeah, depending on what you get in your burrito bowl. But this is, I don't, yeah, but, but unlike a burrito bowl, this doesn't work in bowl form. No, you need the crust or you need to make it slightly different. Like I can see a, you know, a dish of whatever vegetables and a tomato sauce, like an eggplant Parmesan. Like you have to like adjust it somehow. It says the Papa bowls are served in a bowl that slides out from a snug fitting sleeve, which is delivered in a cardboard box. (laughs) Who cares? Like, please like like, the person doesn't want to feel left out at the party. Imagine being the person at the party who was like, can I get the Papa bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to eat a little healthier. You have your like, Red Solo cup at the at the frat party. <laughs> I just I just imagine yeah. Do you and you have your fork, but you're like still spilling it everywhere. Also, imagine eating something like that with a plastic fork. Ugh. It's irritating. You know it's going to be awful. If an item is packaged correctly, it could show up cold. Customers hate that. Mm. Temperature is probably the number one thing. Our co- I just want to hear about the poppables. Did this does, person- this, does this guy have a fucking? some kind of degree in fast food or CEO being a CEO. Cause he sounds like a moron. <laughs> like, just on this, like he's not saying anything. None of us know. Right. I, oh, customers like hot food. Okay. <laughs> thanks guy. You're getting paid what? 20 million a year. <laughs> I also, I think whoever wrote this article for CNN needed, they're like, we need 10,000 words right. on the new Papa bowls. And he's like, fuck. It's always like you're starting out the Papa bowl. And then like the third paragraph is like back in 1967, Papa John opened his words <laughs> of the history. It's always that way. <laughs> okay. I'm going to another site. I'm trying to find a better image of this. I do think it's cute Here it that is. it's served in the pizza box looking thing. I have to say it's in a tray, but then they also bring it in a pizza box. Like it's in a cardboard box. Here's it's cute. It, here's what it says on Papa John's website. No crust, just your favorite pizza toppings in a bowl. Delicious vegetables, savory meats, melty cheeses, and our signature sauces are baked to piping hot perfection. So it's like a casserole. It depends. I've literally made shit like this when I was doing keto or low carb. Where Dep- I'm like, I'll just, I guess I'll just throw these vegetables and put up a shit ton of cheese on it to make it good. Oh, yeah. And there's like no recipe really. It's like zucchini or something. We've all been there. I mean, depending on the toppings you put, it could be good. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just feel like you have to do something slightly different than just being like, it's pizza toppings. <laughs> it doesn't sound good that way. Yeah. Like, and, and like, what's the sauce ratio? I just need to know more. Yeah. Because it could be, it could literally seem like they slid off the toppings on a pizza and shoved it in a bowl. That's like, it what could I have was that. imagining. Yeah. That's what I, I get too. Okay. Our next story, this is from NPR. The woman accused of stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop gets to attend the Renaissance Fair. She got out of uh, for that, like out of the she, trial. <laughs> she's on house arrest. Oh god! It says when Riley Williams, who is accused of stealing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's laptop during the January sixth insurrection, was released from jail last year, the judge ordered that Williams would only be able to leave home for work, court proceedings, and a handful of approved outings. Now it appears the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair is one of those exceptions. 
The 25-year-old has been granted permission to attend the Fairies and Fantasies-themed fair for eight hours over the weekend, her lawyer Lori Ulrich told the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. She is confined to her home 24-7, with exceptions. Every once in a while, if there's an activity that interests her, we ask if she can attend. This is not the first time the Mechanicburg's resident has been allowed a reprieve from house arrest, Ulrich said. She noted that prosecutors are generally amenable to letting Williams go on day-long adventures. So she gets to go to the Ren Fair pending her Imagine trial. Imagine what a loser you have to be to ask for that for, to the court. <laughs> Can I go to the Renaissance Fair? I'm the one who stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop and I go to the Renaissance. Fair. You know it would make me happy? <laughs> to get groped with a giant turkey leg at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm now trying to fantasize about how, what fun things to ask for in that situation. Just ridiculous things. Like you could really make some fun with that. If happen. you're allowed to ask for pre-approved outings, I imagine you got to test the limits, right? Yeah, absolutely. Can I go to um, the hot dog eating contests? Yeah. Can I go to the bondage ball? <laughs> I mean, just like a variety. Leather man. I would convention. just... Yeah, I would miss... Can I go to Mr. Leather in Palm Springs? Oh, the cat convention's coming in October, by the way. Oh, my God. We got to go. We are we'll going. We'll do a special report from it. We are going. Okay. Okay. Our next story is about a cat. Thank you for that lovely sure. transition. Nice. That was not planned. That was like the best <laughs> segue of all time. <laughs> this is from Huffington Post. Seal bursts into home through pet flap, temporarily ousts family cat. Oh, God. This says a New Zealand cat was not flipping happy after an uninvited seal entered her home through a pet flap in the door. The homeowner, his name is Phil Ross, and he said that his family found a young fur seal inside their house Wednesday morning exploring different rooms and lounging on the couch. That's so cute. Like, imagine if you came home to that. You'd be like, aw. I would be so happy. (laughs) Ross, who coincidentally is a marine biologist, was not home when the seal was discovered. His wife, Jen, had left for about an hour to go to the gym and stumbled across the supervising visitor when she came back. The big joke is that this really is the only family emergency where it would be useful to have a marine biologist in the house, Ross told the Guardian. I really missed my time to shine. It's not totally clear why the seal went inside, but Ross suspects that the cat, Coco, was outside and attempted to defend the home turf against <gasps> against the pinniped. Is that like seal in science talk? I guess. Obviously, the seal wasn't as intimidated as some dogs are, so Coco must have bolted around the side of the house into the cat flap, and the seal must have followed her. <sighs> I like that he threw shade at the dogs. Right, like the neighborhood dogs are a bunch the of dogs are all, yeah. She wasn't like the dogs who run off with their tail between their legs, <laughs> yelping in fear. Okay, so here's a picture of the cat, Coco, and a picture of the seal in the house. Ugh, a dream combo. Right? That seal is so cute. I mean, where do you even live to get a seal in your house? Yeah, I love seals. They're so cute. It says, Jen Ross shooed the seal outside and a Department of Conservation Ranger arrived to catch the bold seal and release it back to the sea. As for Coco, she took some time to recover. Coco hid at the neighbor's house and wouldn't come home until the seal was gone. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the next day, she wouldn't go downstairs where the seal was. We didn't see the seal slash cat interaction, but it was clearly something Coco didn't enjoy. Aww. Coco wants us to know she's not mad or scared. No. <laughs> right. Coco's embarrassed that you told the guardian that she was scared. Her reputation. She was just staying out of the house for other reasons. Maybe you, bitch. <laughs> it, wasn't have, it didn't have to do with the seal. Yeah. That's not why she didn't come back. Stop running your mouth. <laughs> We have one more cat story. <gasps> this is from the Daily Journal. Okay. This is, this headline says, Feline Defender, Belden Guard Cat Helps Prevent Would-Be Robbery. Belden. Where the hell is Belden? This must be British. I'm just guessing. All the Belden residents just turned off in a huff. <laughs> <laughs> You have when, listeners in Belden, bitch. <laughs> when Fred Everett adopted a cat from the Tupelo Humane Society four years ago, he thought he was saving her life, but earlier this week, she may have saved his. Mm. Bandit. Oh, I almost did the story. <laughs> that was one I couldn't, I, I found it and then my tabs all disappeared, but I couldn't find that one. I kept putting in cat burglar. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. I love this story. Yes. Bandit, a 20-pound calico cat, lives with Everett, a 68-year-old retired former oral and maxiofacial surgeon near Tupelo Country Club in Belden. When a couple of would-be robbers attempted to break into their shared home, the cat did everything she could to alert her owner of the danger. You hear of guard dogs, Everett said. This is a guard cat. Cats tend to be active at night, and Bandit is no exception. She's content to roam the living room or explore the kitchen cabinets in the wee hours of the morning while Everett sleeps. As he often does, Everett has gone to bed at around midnight on Sunday, July 24th. Between 2.30 and 3 a.m. on Monday morning, Everett heard Bandit letting out loud, guttural meows in the kitchen. At first, he didn't think much of it. He assumed she'd seen another cat out back. Suddenly, she raced into the bedroom, jumped onto the bed, and began pulling the comforter off of him and clawing at his arms. Everett, surprised by the unusual behavior, knew something was wrong. She had never done that before, Everett said. I went, what in the world is wrong with you? Still unsure of what Bandit wanted, he got out of bed, put on his robe, and walked down the hallway to the kitchen. When he flipped on the light switch, he saw two young men outside his back door, One was holding a handgun, while the other used a crowbar to try and pry the door open. Everett ran into his bedroom, picked up his 9mm pistol, returned to the kitchen. This must be in America. I think Tupelo might be Mississippi. I think you're right. Yeah. Yes, this is America. That's what we knew. There's so many guns. guns. There's guns in this story. I'm glad I didn't do like a British accent for the guy. Oh, God, yeah. It would have been slander. (laughs) Luckily, the would-be intruders had already fled on foot. Had Bandit not been there and the men gotten into the house, the situation could have been very different. It did not turn into a confrontational situation, thank goodness, Everett said, but I think it's only because of the cat. He credits Bandit with possibly saving his life that night. Mm. Everett has always supported the local Humane Society, he said, and knows there's a constant funding gap. He was writing a donation check when he attended, when he asked to see the kittens they had. When they brought out Bandit, she was all over the place. 
Everett could tell that she was tired of being cooped up in a cage and decided at that moment to adopt her. Since being adopted, Bandit has proven to be a loving, loyal pet. And now she's a hero. This is a final quote from Everett. I want to let people know that you not only save a life when you adopt a pet or rescue one, the tides could be turned. You never know when you save an animal if they're going to save you. I legit choked up at that. Uh... I like when Everett gave us a detailed description of Bandit's night, where he's like, she likes to uh, walk around the living room, open up cabinets. (laughs) (laughs) She she gets the zoomies. She saunters into the dining room occasionally, like rubs against the chair legs. That's her things that she likes to do every night. She paws at the fern. And they're all like the most basic cat things ever. Do you want to see a picture of her? Absolutely. I love this cat. I mean... She's fucking cute as hell. That face. Ugh. She has that round face that I find so adorable. She she's ha- so cute. She's a chonky girl. And this is Everett. We love a cat guy. Ah, I mean, best buds. I love them. I love Bandit. So I love adorable. Bandit too. And she's a hero. She wasn't having it. She's like, and she's probably mad. She's like, this is my time to saunter. Right. Now I have to <laughs> howl. Go up and wake that guy up. <laughs> I want to know. It's true. They like their me time. I would love to know what Bandit's real issue was. Right. Was she trying to save Everett? Maybe. But maybe she was mad <laughs> that they're trying to like, if they open that door, they're going to knock my food bowl over or something. <laughs> What was her real fear? Oh, I think it was the owner, but I do agree with you that cats, they do like their, uh, they do like have their routines. Right. And so someone trying to come in, it's irritating. Right. Because she was doing, she was trying to open a cabinet. She likes to go in the kitchen, right. put her hand under yeah. as if she's going to find the secret latch. That takes up an that. hour. <laughs> she was going to follow a light and a shadow on the wall. Thinking it was she a bug. At, then she ends it all sitting at the foot of your bed staring. That's what they do. And then you're like, is that a, is there a ghost in this room? That's what I always think when they stare. They they are looking at the ghost. That's they're what that is. Ghost. Now this this always scares me because sometimes when my cats act up, I'm like, oh, they're just acting up. Now every time I'm going to be like, was there a robber coming in? Why are they making that weird? You know how you're always like, oh. They're just making their, that's my cat. Right. Like you hear something fall over. You're not scared because you know they just knocked a water glass over or something. Right. Like, you know, yeah. all, you know all the sounds of the things that they knock over too. Yes. Yeah, so you're familiar with their sounds too. Right. Yeah. No, uh, Melon does that thing every single night. He sleeps in the bed with us every single night. But before he gets into the bed, first he stands in the hallway facing our open bedroom door and he just stares at us. Yeah. For like, 20 or 30 minutes just stares yeah and we're like we know you're just gonna come up here dude yeah he's just, got he has a ritual but he has to stare at us first he's thinking about it he's th- <laughs> he stares at me when we record <laughs> he does and i don't I, see but it see that's more it's like oh because he's waiting for us to be done right and he goes and plops on that rug <laughs> and bites us <laughs> <laughs> yeah he 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 also is like why are you talking to my mommy yeah and our final story is kind of a sad one it's from Rolling Stone. Diane Lucky, who you might know from Q Lazarus. Has, oh, right. I has, saw that. She died a few days ago. Yes. 
anyway, I'm going to read this article because it is an interesting story. So Q Lazarus, the mysterious cult artist, best known for her 1988 single, Goodbye Horses, which featured prominently in The Silence of the Lambs, died last month. She was 61. A cause of death was not immediately available. A short obituary notice for Diane Lucky, Q Lazarus's real name, appeared in the Asbury Park Press at the end of July, stating Lucky died July 19th after a short illness. Ava Aregis, Lucky's close friend who was making a documentary on the reclusive singer, confirmed Lucky's death to Rolling Stone. Over the past three years, Q became one of my closest friends, and we were in touch almost daily, sometimes to talk about the film or her music, but mostly just to talk about our lives and everyday matters. Q had one of those life forces that you simply can't imagine being extinguished or ceasing to exist because it was so vital and radiant and exuberant. Despite having had a very hard life, she was not jaded at all. On the contrary, she was full of enthusiasm, passion, and humor. She was also full of plans. At the time of her death, we were planning a comeback concert with some of her original bandmates. Born and raised in Neptune, New Jersey, Lucky became enamored with music as a teenager and moved to New York City when she was 18 to pursue a career. During the 80s, Lucky performed and recorded under the name Q Lazarus. Her backing band was aptly dubbed The Resurrection. While working odd jobs around the city, Lucky spent some time driving a taxi cab, picking up filmmaker Jonathan Demme one night in the middle of a blizzard. According to Aregis, Lucky was listening to one of her own cassettes in the car because she was preparing to record the next day. Demi said he liked the songs and asked Lucky whose music it was. Well, thank you very much, Lucky replied. It's me. So that's how she yes. got her song in, in Something Wild. Demi first featured, in, featured the Q Lazarus song, The Candle Goes Away, in his 1986 film, Something Wild. He then included Goodbye Horses in 1988's Married to the Mob, though he used it more famously three years later in the iconic Silence of the Lambs scene where serial killer Buffalo Bill is applying makeup and talking to himself in a mirror. For Demi's 1993 film Philadelphia, Q Lazarus contributed a cover of the talking head's Heaven. So anyway, the article goes on. I want to see this documentary. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I think that's where we're going to take a break. Okay. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. Wow. Wait, what did you watch? Sorry. Oh. um, I started recording. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I'm still watching Game of Thrones. Here's what I do. I'm so bad. I just, I really, I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm, I'm doing it even more now. Falling asleep? No, fast forwarding through all the scenes. I'm like, if it's the wildings, the wall, <laughs> it's Arya. <laughs> I, I see, I even like, I like even do uh, Daenerys or whatever, however you say your name. I'll even fast forward those now. I'm like, I don't, I was, like it's, I was it. like, it's never about the dragons for me. <laughs> I like the Cersei. I like the Tyrells. I want all that palace intrigue shit. Like, yeah. And now uh, Tyrion is married to uh, Sansa. Sansa. Right. And like, I love the Tyrells. Like, Me too. They ty- The Tyrells are like when a man of Woodward came <laughs> in season two. Like, there was finally this villain that the Lannisters were kind of foiled by. Right. Like, the, it was a good match. I mean, obviously, it, it doesn't work in their favor eventually. But it was like, you had hope yes. for a second that they would do something. Yeah. Uh, I just love Diana Rigg mm. as Lady Tyrell. And Amazing. Marjorie, or Marguerite is also really good yeah uh, she's a great actress so yeah it's been really fun to just fast forward through those scenes <laughs> it's been fun it's i love it it was like such a you know how you, when you let yourself free of yeah. admitting you don't want to watch something like i did it with westworld a really long time ago it was like a very freeing moment for me i'm like i am admitting that i don't want to watch this <laughs> like I, do you know what i mean it felt good to yeah. kind of like stop yeah well westworld season four ended two weeks ago yeah, I, I had zero idea of what was going on. I get a lot of satisfaction seeing you and Allie tweet by tweet sometimes uh, talking about how little you know what's what going on. What the hell is happening? And it's just like, I'm like, I could be with them right now, but I set myself free. You did. <laughs> like, I would be right there with you. I would be reading 800 uh, Reddit pages about what it meant like I would, it would be a never-ending hole That's, for me. I'd be was, listening to podcasts, yeah. recaps about each episode. That was my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I'm on, still on RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I'm on season nine and season two all-stars. I'm doing them in chronological. Now I found out there is a Canadian, an Australian and a UK yeah. version. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get to those, but I, I, the other thing I really, first of all, we talked about this with reality TV earlier, but before the show, um, 
I was listening to some podcasts with the recap, I mean, with the, with the rewatch, and some of them are hosted by the contestants. And this is like great behind the scenes insights they give you. And they do serious editing on this show. Like sometimes where they're even splicing lines of dialogue. Really? And making it look like someone said something about someone else. Right. And they'll be like, I said that, but it was not to that statement. Like it was another conversation or something like that. It's just really interesting to hear about all of the back uh, behind the scenes stuff, I think. Yeah. I really like that show. It's very fun. I want to go see all of these performers now. Yeah. The one, here's like one bad thing though. <laughs> I'm so far behind. It's like 2016 in, in the show. I can tell by mm-hmm. like their references. And uh, I found out recently, I can't remember how I was like looking for something. You know, when you're watching something that's old, you're very careful with your yes. Googles. And then I found out two of the contestants that have been on seasons I've watched have died. And I'm like, I, I'm like, it was shocking. Oh, Cause I was horrible. like, wait, I was like, no, I think they're alive still, but they've died like six oh. years ago or something like that. I mean, it's not funny. I'm laughing more at like how shocking it is when you find that out, when you're watching something old, it was like when I was growing up and I was like, Judy Garland's dead. Cause I liked her music and I didn't oh. know she was dead. Do you know what I'm saying? That's like so sad. It's, it was shocking. Like, I mean, I'm sure it was shocking when it happened, but it was like, it's like even, it's like a different weirdness when you didn't know. And I literally just watched one of their seasons. So it was extra sad because I really liked that contestant. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's my, that's what I'm watching basically. Yeah. So Better Call Saul ended last Monday. Yes. It was, it was an excellent series finale to an excellent show. I was very satisfied. I can't believe they, they did it again. They Two, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, two excellent, perfect, flawless series finales. In wow. your opinion. <laughs> Don't at me. In my opinion. I mean, I like the Breaking Bad finale better than the Better Call Saul. Oh. And I like Better Call Saul better as a show. That's fair. Yeah. I'm not going to... Um, I thought the ending was fine. I wasn't blown away by it, and I wasn't emotional. <laughs> I was... I, you know what? Again... I feel like I could... I have some fixes for it, if he ever wants them. I don't... I, you know what? <laughs> I thought it was perfect. I was really satisfied with the ending. I thought it made sense for the characters. I'm just devastated. It's over. I'm not ready to leave the Breaking Bad universe. I'm just not. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be ready to leave Albuquerque. Apparently, it's a real place, too. Really? Albuquerque. (laughs) (laughs) It exists. Uh, I mean, there'll probably be something more. Who knows? I don't know. Although, maybe it would be better not to have something. It it might just be better. I know that... Because it could be bad, finally. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying, is to have two series finales that were across the board, like, very favorably reviewed. Or two series Two, two series yeah. that, that were highly critically acclaimed yeah. that fans loved. Yeah. Like I know people were very worried initially when they announced the Better Call Saul was going to come out. Right. Like, oh, we're doing a Breaking Bad spinoff. People were like very nervous about that. Oh, it's going to be cheesy. It's going to be a, a, a half-hour comedy where he gets into wacky hijinks. And it's like, yeah, there's there are some hijinks, but no, it was a very serious hour-long drama. Right. Um, no, it's risky. And it's risky. Oh, and the dragon show is today. Okay. Did you watch it? No. Okay. I'm 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 gonna. I was waiting for Brendan to get home and for us to finish this. But House of the Dragon premiered tonight. The Game of Thrones spinoff. Prequel. I saw some prequel. I saw some early 
uh, tweets on Twitter. I didn't really oh. uh, nothing. I didn't like read deep into House of the Dragon Twitter. I just like saw across my timeline. People were like, "Wow, so good, it's positive. excellent." People loved it. I'm the two, definitely the two forward. tweets that I saw. People loved it because here's what it's going to be: Targaryens, but Targaryen, pa- Targaryen palace in, inside. Like it's going to be inside. It's going to be the drama, the family drama. Yeah, that's why it's going to be really good. That's what I want. Yeah, is me the family too. drama. Yeah, and that I like the power plays. Yeah, I just just want to stay in King's Landing <laughs> or the outskirts. And Jamie's back too, but he's changed. Wait, Jamie's not in. No, no, no. I'm talking about on my show that I'm watching now, Game of Thrones. Jamie came back. That's where oh, I'm at. I, I Sorry, I just that, thought I'm about like, that. Desi. <laughs> Sorry, no. Jamie's back. Those sentences. Sorry, spoiler alert. Keep <laughs> <laughs> time traveled. Yeah, he got Melisandre in on it. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to be great. Uh, oh, I did watch one more thing. I watched um, Orphan First Kill. Oh, yeah. I remember you, you said that in the group chat. Here's the funny thing. This is why Twitter is the worst um, meet source to hear about media in all of the world. I keep seeing people say, you guys have to stick with it because at minute 40 or whatever, 30, 20 or midway through, I keep seeing this over and over again on Twitter. It really kicks in. And I was like, have people no patience? First of all, I thought this movie got me from the beginning. It's a very creepy opening but I guess it's not like, you know, as dramatic as some people want it to be. As like people just can't handle slow burns anymore. And I found this to be very creepy. Like I'm just shocked that people it's like it's an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. You can't sit through that. It's perfectly fine up until the midway point or whatever. I just can't I don't know where that complaint is coming from. It's bizarre. Speaking of horror movies, a few weeks ago we watched The Black Phone. Oh yeah, I saw it. I that. liked it. I enjoyed it. It's perfectly fine. It was, Look, if it's under 90 minutes, I'm fine with whatever they give me. For You can serve me a huge piece of shit. For 90 <laughs> minutes, I'm fine. You got me through 90 minutes of my life. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like a 90-minute movie is like fine. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the atmosphere in it. It had some creepy moments. Ethan Hawke was terrifying. It's a good, it's a good story. It yeah. definitely has some clunkiness. I think why I liked it so much is... I haven't seen a horror movie do that story, that kind of story in a long time. It felt like the story itself, not just because it was set in a different time, but the story, the kind of story it was, felt like a horror movie I would have watched as a kid. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because it had like a supernatural element, but it wasn't a supernatural horror movie. Right. Uh, No, I agree. I love the premise of it. I wish it went further in a way. Like I could have gone even darker with it. Yeah, I could uh, for sure. If I was if I was writing it, I would have gone darker. But for what it was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so it's got a lot of a, a lot of great elements. I to was it. totally satisfied watching it. Yeah, it's it's great. Now the other thing I'm finally watching that Brendan and I are both hooked on now is for all mankind. Oh, finally! Yeah, <laughs> he's. He's like, oh, you want to watch the moon show? You want to watch the moon show? I told you it's like once you get into like the Gordo and Tracy like relationship between those two and like the couples, it has this extra element to it. But the space stuff is really scary too. Like it's good. I mean, Gordo's my, I think my favorite character. Oh my God. Yes. He's the most interesting character to me. He's the best. Also, 
this isn't a spoiler, but I just have to say that in terms of the Americans' behavior on the moon, disappointed but not surprised. But it's very good. <laughs> I really do like alternate reality situations. It's really well done. And this is another one I've seen people say, oh, it takes a few episodes. I got into it kind of right away, so I don't know. I, I never know what that that means. I think some people don't trust their opinions, so they're like, just give it a chance. Like, Right. Um, but I, I feel like, yeah, it's like you're lear- getting into this world. I was just so curious about where it was going to go from there. I, I from think the here's first the perfect episode. thing. It's like it gets you in, you're interested, but there is a moment, maybe episode three, or so, I can't remember because it's been a while for me, where you get fucking hooked. Yes. Like, in, in, a, in a real way, because some of like the more stressful stuff starts happening. The other person I love is Molly Cobb. Yeah, I love her. She's great. She's great. <laughs> what a oh, great God, I'm I like her husband. Oh, I know that guy. You do? Yes. Well, tell I, him, tell, tell I, him. When I saw him, I was like, oh my God, it's Lenny. <laughs> tell, well, tell Lenny I think he's great. Yeah, and I he's like really his, good. His character is great, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you start, started watching it. No, we're enjoying it. We're like halfway through season two. Um, it's been nice being able to like binge it because there's like three seasons. I think that the I season just finale, it, yeah, the season finale for three just happened. I really want to watch um, Black Book. That's not the next thing I need to watch. It's on Apple TV. Is that the one with Ray Liotta? Yes. Okay. Yes, me too. Because so that's that- based on a true story. Did you know that? No way. Once I found that out, I was like, okay, I gotta watch this. We gotta do that. Yeah, episode. it's based on the true story. So this is a real um, killer. Based oh on a real killer. God. And I guess something they attempted to do with this killer to get more information about some other crimes or something. I, I, I'm just like, I got to watch this. So hopefully yeah, by next week. Yeah, it's this creepy ass like thriller, crime thriller. It's a movie or a series? It's a series. And the the other lead is that guy who played Richard Jewell in the movie mm. Jewell. I can't yeah. remember his name. It's like yeah, Paul yeah. Hauser, I yeah. think. Some, I think I he has a know. third name as well. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's really good and he plays like the creepy killer in it. Yeah. It just looks really, really good. So hopefully it is. Also, we were on a podcast this week. Oh, we, yeah. We did Cara Berry's podcast, Everyone's Business But Mine, and we talked about Seeking Sister Wife, which is a reality show yes. on TLC. So go check that so out. So go check that out. That and, is also something I watched. Yeah, a lot of this week. Yeah. I I know we have Seeking Sister Wife people who listen to this show. I know you guys. The watch. finale is this week, right? Is that the finale? I think so. Because I looked it up to oh. see what episode. I was like, are we the finale? And then I saw there was one more. I was like, oh, almost. Almost. <laughs> yeah. So that was really fun. We had a really great conversation with her. I'm really excited because... This next week or this coming week when we do our main episode, Kitchen Nightmares Part 2, which by the way, thank you everybody who has commented that you were happy about us, me doing a Kitchen Nightmares episode. I was kind of nervous. I'm like, I wonder how many people are even going to be into this, but I was really pleasantly surprised at the response we got. I didn't, I was like, oh, a lot of people loved this, this TV show and they watched it. So, or if they didn't even watch it. Yeah, still entertaining. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about Amy's Baking Company, which is a two-part episode on 
on Kitchen Nightmares, there's like a, they do like a revisited episode. Yes. Yeah. I just watched it. Okay. So we're going to be recapping. Well, not, not like a full recap, but we're going to talk about that episode and then some other backstory things and it's a lot. You should watch that episode. You should just, well, I used to like make people watch that episode. Also, I can't remember what it's called, but for our next um, Spotify live, we're going to be recapping the um, Manditeo documentary that's on Netflix, which looks really uh, crazy. Yeah. So anyway, Cara Berry is going to guest with us on on our main episode this coming week. She's going to talk about Amy's Baking Company with us. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I'm so excited to have her on. That is... That's one of those things I heard about for so long. And then watching it, you're like, oh, wow. Like that meets expectations, yes. exceeds it. Even. It exceeds it. Because <clears throat> you can't believe someone would go to that level. Yeah. Like it's wild to see for you, sure. You can't believe that that person exists. No. And that it's, it's yeah. It's, it's just, you, you can't, you can't believe it till you see it. Right. It's truly um, an interesting person. <laughs> just we'll, to be nice about it. Yeah. We'll get more into her. <laughs> Uh, next week. Anyway, so what'd you eat? Um, I didn't really, I don't think I had anything too interesting. I did have some garden tomatoes mm, with the mozzarella. That's good. It was good. They do taste better. Garden tomatoes? Yeah. Yeah, they do. It was like they're you sweeter. get a nice tomato. Yeah. Because tomatoes are, they're such a um, hit gamble. or miss for me. It's a gamble. Like I will often not get tomatoes because I know it's not going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a mealy tomato. Or even like one that's flavorless. Yeah. That texture's not worth it. No. I made soup before you came over. Did my house smell like soup? No, but it is warm. It's because <laughs> I've been cooking soup Slaving all day. over the soup pot. I did. Oh. I had a pot going since 10 a.m. this what morning. What kind of soup did you make? Okay. So I made cabbage soup. That's not why it <laughs> took so long. <laughs> well, I was like, so that's what, 20 minutes? <laughs> Well, first, I had two chicken carcasses in my freezer. Okay. So I made a huge pot of chicken stock. Right. And you know I love making chicken stock. Oh, I do. And I boiled <laughs> I boiled that down for several hours today. Yeah. And when I finally turned that stove off, I was like, whew, it is hot in here. I also had a head of cabbage in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Yeehaw. <laughs> Head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was like looking up cabbage recipes, and of course, cabbage fucking soup and the cabbage soup diet popped up. Oh, God. so I started reminiscing about the cabbage soup diet, and I was like, hmm, uh, I'm not gonna make that, but I started reading it, and that was the diet that said no baked potato. Really? Yes, wow. no baked potato. <laughs> um, first of all, I will say a bastardized version of that soup is good. This is what the kind of cabbage soup I made. It is a soup version of stuffed cabbage leaves. So like the classic Eastern European dish. It, I made this with turkey meat, like ground turkey, and it had tomatoes. And then I used some of my chicken stock mm-hmm. in it. I put some smoked paprika in there. Yeah. Some chopped up carrots, a bunch of green cabbage. Yeah. Obviously, you got to have the cabbage. That's in the name. It's in the name. <laughs> Sauteed onions. What else did I put in there? A bay leaf. 
Oh, it was a good. very easy recipe, and I sort of just winged it, but I did base it off of, like, I got the idea from this other, from this lady, Natasha's Kitchen, this recipe blog. Okay. So she's like, here's the soup version of stuffed cabbage. Sounds like, good. I can do that. That's yeah. a lot. I like stuffed cabbage. I, I haven't had too. it in forever. I like it too. You know what I realized? The only thing the soup was missing was a fat dollop of sour cream on top. That would have been delicious. Yeah. Or maybe was there like a tangy element? Because I always find like stuffed cabbage has like that kind of tangy tomato sauce. Well, the recipe called for like a tablespoon of brown sugar just oh, to cut the acid yeah, yeah, yeah. of the tomatoes. But not make it sweet. Yeah. It's slightly sweet, but it's more just the flavors from the carrots and the tomatoes. But that's what I think stuffed cabbage, that tomato sauce has that sweetie, sour kind of it tastes vibe like that. going. Kind of like brisket can have that too. It tastes like yeah. that. It tastes like that. It turned out really good. It's hearty. I don't know why I made soup in the dead of summer. It happens. It just happened today. Now I have all this fucking soup in my fridge. You can freeze some of it. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to. It was good, though. That was like the most exciting thing I made this week. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I love cabbage soup. I have another one I really like. It's a um, recipe from Vizalka in New York, which is a very famous Ukrainian restaurant. Yeah. Um, and their cabbage soup is so good. I crave it all the time. And that, it, it has what's um, in it? Well, it's very it's very peasanty. So yeah. it's like carrots, cabbage, onion, obviously chicken broth. There's some uh, like shreddy pork, mm. like the pork shoulder. So you cook it for a really long time. Yum. And then I think the key ingredient is you put like a half of cup of sauerkraut in it. Ooh! So it gives it that a little hint of some kind of briny. Um, yeah. It's so good. It's like the best soup, but that one's really good for winter. Sometimes I'll add a few potatoes or parsnips to it Yum. to make it more hearty. It's just delicious. Like, I don't know. It sounds good. You know, like those kind of peasanty soups <laughs> that are just so delicious and yes. it's like six ingredients. Yeah. It's one of those type of soups. It They're just good. Th- it all comes together and just is delicious. Yeah. But yeah, I crave Vasalka soups because I love. I love those kind of Russian, Ukrainian, Eastern European Jew, like kind of like yeah. mushroom and barley and like all of those kind of like, I used to get them in those delis on the Lower East Side. Like it's like everyone had the same five soups and they're right. just so good. I know it's it's the food of my people. Totally. I love it. I can't believe we didn't go to Vasalka when we were in New York last time. It's so good. My grandma ordered blintzes when we were having breakfast together. Ooh. I just thought it was really cute. I love blintzes. I do too. It made me want to eat them. Well, there was a pierogi at Vasalka that had that sweet cream. That was cheese. like a sweet pierogi. Yeah. Well, it has like a blintz, so it had that cheese. What yeah. is it, like farmer's it's like cheese? Farmer's yeah, cheese. yeah. And it has that stuffed in it. It was so good. I have my great grandma's blintzes recipe. I want to make it. Ooh, we got to make. Yeah. Them. I mean, Invite I make me her. Over. I make her borscht all the time, but I want to. I want to make that her blintzes. Is the dough homemade or do yeah. you buy it? Yeah. Yeah. You got to roll it out really thin. Oh, those are so good. Underrated food. It's why isn't that so, taking over? Why isn't there like a, we should have a Blintz restaurant. There's never been like a Blintz trend. No. Like someone, I'm surprised some restaurant, like some five-star restaurant hasn't made some kind of gourmet Blintz. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would be so good. Yeah. That is a really good idea. Oh, why man. can't you? Why can't you get them like... Other like fancy bougie brunch spots. It would be an ideal bougie brunch spot dish. Someone needs to tell me the best blintzes to get in Los Angeles. 
Yeah, like, I have never. And be honest. Don't just say the only place you know to get them. What's if you don't know a good, good place, you don't know. Are they good? Yeah, because there's some we've look. We have some high standards for deli. We do, and that type of food. We do. Yeah. So I don't know, but I think you can try. L.A. has been stepping up its Jewish food game in the past few years, right? Well, there's that one place. What is it called? Daughters. Daughters, yeah. which is like Russ and Daughters offshoot. Right? No, it's Langer's. No, it's Langer's, it's Langer's offshoot. offshoot. It's Langer's. But I can see the confusion. I don't know why. Because <laughs> they're both daughters. They're both daughters. <laughs> no, we do not have Russ and Daughters here no. in any form. I did see a pop-up like within right. the past year. I but that's that. not the same. No. But there's like there's some good bagel places I'm now, saying so. LA is like having a bagel revolution. Yeah, maybe we will. I mean, that's like... That would be a great restaurant for someone to open up, like a gourmet. Or actually, Bell's Bagels—they're opening up a deli side. Ooh, I wonder. I wonder if they'll do it. We should pitch it to them. I'm gonna pitch it to them. We should go in there. Like they made it. They had like so they'll have like samples. That's like they have latkes, and they're actually really good. They are. Yes, because it's all potato, and they're really crispy. They're really good. And then they have they've had like black and white cookies. Yeah. So they'll drop things like occasionally. Right. It's like until they sell out. Right. But even the black and white cookies, and I don't even particularly like that cookie. I was like, mm, I would try their gourmet version of it. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, so yeah, maybe their deli will have something. Maybe someone who works at Bell's Bagels listens to the show. We're pitching blintzes to you guys. You guys, get we'll on the be blintz there. train. We'll shout out the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're already giving them get, a plug. We'll get you at least us, which and we eat a lot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> even we, that would be a boon to your business. <laughs> yeah, we would give you guys a giant profit. Yeah, us, just us going, just there. us, just and maybe a few other us. people. Sometimes that happens. Some... <laughs> I do order bagels from there often. So. I know. I wish they were closer to me. Maybe we um, can do a bagel day. Can you come over this week? How about you come over this week in the <laughs> morning and we have like a bagel, a bagel okay. breakfast? I've been curious. About there, because they sell really good locks, too, at Bell's. Get it. Yeah, it looks good. So I like to do the whole spread. Me, too. With a tomato. I like the capers. Yeah. Uh, I love the capers. Um, yeah, we could do a bagel day. Let's do a bagel day this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I want. Um, so that's that. Yeah, that's about it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.